0: Hello and welcome to the 93% Club podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the 93% Club podcast, the best podcast in all the land. I'm your host Hamay, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Jay and a Senior Marketing Manager at the FT Specialist Division of the Financial Times. How are you today, Jay?
1: I'm great, Hamai. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm really excited about this, to be honest. I'm like, I just want to get started because I've, there's so much to learn, and so much to um, get through. Um, for those of you listening for the first time with this podcast, we have a main focus of encouraging dialogue among students. We aim to have conversations with a purpose, and I've lined up some fantastic guests like Jay to share their stories and their advice. We felt as though stories from people that have been through university and walked the scary path of life after uni will help inspire students. I'm really excited about this episode, and having spoken to Jay off air, I know he'll be an amazing guest. So Jay. I think we should uh, start off at the beginning. Absolutely. Um, could you tell me a bit about yourself and your background?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I've lived in Tottenham pretty much all my life. Um, went to state secondary school and also primary school in Tottenham, uh, which is in North London. Um, ironically, I'm not a Tottenham fan, but an Arsenal fan, which is a contentious sort of topic in the Wait, North area.
0: Just to quickly cut in, um, how do you feel about coming eighth this season?
1: Um, a bit disappointed, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, take it, take it as we go along. I mean, yeah, yeah the last yeah, four yeah. years haven't been great.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, Emory.
1: Exactly, and um <laughs> in terms of yeah, the local area. I mean, it's it's been the top of sort of debate in the local sort of communities. I mean, we, it was the birth of the riots back in twenty eleven. Um, the Tottenham oh, riots, right, yeah, it as you know. Yeah, yeah, that kind of just escalated. That was obviously. Due to tensions with the police, um, which actually is topical nowadays, um, after the killing of Floyd,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely George yeah. Floyd.
1: Um, but to give a sense of the area, I mean, it's changed drastically over the last decade, or even fifteen years. I mean, through regeneration of the new stadium, that's helped. Um, so a lot, a lot of the local areas changed. But you could also imply gentrification of the areas as as well, adapted, sort of the local yeah, businesses. Yeah. I mean, we've got two classes now so that's That's always a good sign Yeah. (laughs) when you get
0: two casters you know the area is doing well right exactly although i went to um i went to uh, canary wharf one time um and there was one starbucks i'm not sure if i didn't explore it enough but there was that one starbucks quite centrally and i was thinking come on canary wharf like surely you've got something else to show me like i was expecting like you know massive tall buildings well there was buildings but it was more corporate right
1: yeah yeah i mean a lot of it's underground i think there is a shopping center that's underneath the um Underground, under the office yeah, blocks yeah, yeah uh, that
0: is true definitely um in t- in terms of what you were saying about Tottenham were you situated just outside the Tottenham's your school sorry so was it school- outside the White Hart Lane was it
1: yeah so there's actually a school called White Hart Lane but the school I went to was at the time was called Northumberland Park so that's just be- adjacent to the stadium in the shadows of it actually um, oh the old
0: stadium uh, the one yeah, I used to White Hart oh, Lane okay,
1: stadium. Yeah. yeah there is a White Hart Lane school but that's a different school it's further away ironically um but yeah, we did have an national turf right next to the same. so I think that might have been partly funded by this, this, the the team.
0: Oh yeah, actually, you know, I think I've heard of that. You know, they do a lot uh, in in local area for schools, like yeah, um, like community the coaches heritage. and stuff. Yeah, community stuff, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Um, talking about your school, because um, we've had the previous guest on and talked about uh, his school experience, and for you, did you think the school you went to was supportive and helpful to where you wanted to be?
1: that's a tricky one I think it was very much focused on like the short term like exams grades subjects and really just performing in classes so yeah I mean obviously it's hard to attribute in terms of like because the students were put this well rarity I mean education isn't like the forefront of their mind I mean it would probably be the same in a lot of schools where you could be seen like schools like a chore I mean obviously as you progress through the academic years that becomes a, a more of a serious focus, especially once you hit year nine, doing your SATs and then also GCSEs 10-11, uh, years 10-11. Yeah, yeah, um, 100%. It um, obviously 100%. becomes more important, but I mean, the first few years, people are like bunking. I'm not sure how prevalent that was. was <laughs> bunking, I mean, yeah, yeah. there'll be use of, obviously, illegal substances. I've heard all the stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah. it can be a bit of a tricky... No, 100%.
0: Sort of... 100%. So you would say like the the focus was kind of on the, sh- for you in particular, was on the short term and like crossing later bridges as they come. So you were more focused on getting the grades now and seeing what comes next.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think careers specifically, there isn't anything on that. Like there might be no, a 100%. career session, but there isn't enough, yeah. like in terms of that's it. That, that, that that's granular. exactly
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Like I found that as well. Even my school I went to was quite decent. Right. But in terms of careers it was nothing I felt it was really we're going to get you the grades and then you go and figure it out yourself
1: yeah yeah and I Um, guess it it makes sense because they want to obviously create that foundation for you to have like like the the basic skills in life like other maths and english Um, yeah yeah but
0: But I think that comes that is kind of to the detriment of um other life skills uh that you need for the real world like would you say your secondary uh, secondary school experience geared you up to have those industry skills um like to go into the world afterwards or was it really just about the grades for you
1: yeah i think it was mostly the grades to be honest it was very much focused on core subjects like i mean business was nothing that came up like obviously now i'm in that sort of marketing business sort of industry but i mean business studies wasn't even something that was taught i mean the closest you got was information or it and how an yeah, organization yeah. would use it but there's nothing around like marketing for example it's not even taught in school um and that's like a core sort of thing yeah, see yeah it isn't actually i mean obviously yeah, yeah. i finished school a long time ago but things could have changed on the syllabus side but yeah
0: yeah no 100 percent. like would you say the skills like interpersonal communication skills team working skills they weren't like i've come to uni and realized that they're actually such a big skill to have like public speaking definitely and great grades are definitely important but it's i think it's arguable that like people skills are if not more how how would you how would you describe how yours
1: was yeah i mean we had none of that in school um the sort of interpersonal stuff i think at university we had our first brush i remember doing a course and then um obviously moving on to a career um at uh, the FT has given me those opportunities to really develop those skills. In hindsight it yeah, could yeah. be something that I could have learned at an earlier age, uh, such as uh public speaking. But also I think stakeholder management something as basic as that. Um it's something that could definitely be taught from a younger age, like how to communicate with different people, um, uh, managing as well. So it's just, just these oh, life yeah, 100%. skills.
0: Life life skills are very, very important when you and you realise it when you come to union your career, right? Yeah. Um yeah definitely i I feel like um you're talking off a little bit as well and it was like the courses that we do in my head when i was doing them as well even in my school i found quite redundant like food tech yep. and design and that sort of stuff and i feel like i remember one time we actually had we had not one time for a whole semester actually we had to do homework on food tech and not many people believe this but literally right we had we had to do like make our pizza yeah and then like go home and do a page A4 sheet on it and they used to get really like annoyed <laughs> if you didn't do it and you had to write like this this pizza was really aesthetically pleasing however like tasted of cardboard whatever like <laughs> just to like please just for the sake of it there was no substance to what we were doing and yeah. that time could have easily spent like let's say you get rid of food tech and I know some people enjoy whatever it's like a pastime but in do your teamwork working exercise or do a session on skills that you need for the workplace if you get what I'm trying to say
1: yeah I mean the classic example you just told me where we had to do a pizza was exactly my experience as well. We have to actually think about now. Yeah, we did do a, like a diagram of the, the pizza, which is actually a weird sort of thing to do.
0: <laughs> oh, like the the healthy diet, like plate, when you do like...
1: Basically, uh, yeah.
0: how many fats you need, This how much carbohydrate you need.
1: Exactly. It's,
0: uh, it's that kind of stuff. It just it seems quite futile when you're doing it as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, I understand what they're trying to do there. It's obviously trying to give you that grasp of different sort of like, sort of, fields you can specialize in, and obviously, you can be gifted in those and yeah, potentially yeah. do that. Um, but I think also giving I don't, know, I don't know if it's the student or the parent of the choice, um, to yeah, focus. Yeah. I mean, they don't want to restrict you, which is a good thing, I yeah, guess.
0: No, 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 100% you're right, because I feel like I'm coming at it from quite a um, from where I am now, kind of view is like my whole focus was on just getting the education right and getting the best grades in science, math, and uh, English, right? But some people they wanna pursue that and to give them the opportunity is obviously a school has to do that, right?
1: Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean hundred percent. It...
0: And I, I sorry, Karen? No, no,
1: that's fine.
0: Um I was thinking in terms of like for me especially like family and this uh the support network around you. For me it was it was there to push me and push me towards like for me specifically it was obviously the sciences and maths and English. Um but how was your support network and the people around you, your friends and your family?
1: Yeah. I mean, coming from a Mauritian migrant family, um, but, I mean, my dad, for example, migrated in the seventies. Um, and I guess the sort of echoes, the sort of resonance in Mauritius that it's all about education. Education basically is the go-to sort of, uh, yeah, yeah. sort of route for, all, I think it's the same for all Asians predominantly, um, but you yeah, go to yeah, yeah, school, college or, uh, your sixth form and then university and get a, get a job. Um, I think also the attitude that it didn't matter what school you went to, as long as you went, as long as the child went to school, that he he or she would perform well. In hindsight, yeah. probably isn't quite the case because obviously their academic sort of uh, skills could vary. Um, the schools as well. I mean, in hindsight, looking at different ways education is taught, uh, you could probably argue that you've probably performed better at certain schools than others.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, 100%, yeah. Um, But I feel like if you think about it as well, uh, as much as it is a bit of a sweeping generalization, uh, like most, most Asian families do have that attitude where it's just like, you're going to get to school, you're going to go to uni, you're going to become a doctor or engineer, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like as well, it comes from an area of the opportunity that they didn't have. And it's like giving, it's what they think is the best yeah, rather than having experienced it beforehand. Which I yeah. feel like can be a good thing, right? Because it's pushing you in a sort of, in a good direction.
1: Yeah, I mean, it comes with two things. It's the discipline as well as the sort of being obviously wanting to pursue that um, academic sort of.
0: um, Yeah, yeah, the academic part, right? Yeah. No, hundred percent, and I feel like at the at this like other end of that stick, you have um, probably being from London as well in the area. You must have had or come across some like privileged schools or privileged students amongst you. were they kind of put on like a pedestal of like you can't get to our level or was it using an inspiration or did it inspire you to to um do better in school?
1: Which it was quite segregated in that sense. I mean we didn't really come across I mean from a school level you wouldn't come across someone from, from another school from a privileged yeah, sort of yeah. background. I mean although the borough I'm from actually has a, quite a big variance. I mean, I think GDP on one half of the boroughs a lot higher than the other, such as um I think Hornsley, um and um Highgate area compared to Tottenham, so I mean, yeah. there was cases where we did mix, but I don't think there was a sense of like we were better than you type of sort of mentality. Um, perhaps it might be some sort of like be a sense of being show, showing off their sort yeah. of uh, their sort of assets, but yeah, I wouldn't say there was a like a direct sort of like sort of pedestal to say, "Hey, we're better than you," or, um, so, or or like an inspiration per se Yeah,
0: yeah, no, one hundred percent is. I feel like. For me as well, it was, we had, where I'm from in High Wycombe, there's like, I went to a grammar school that was, I described it to people as on top of the hill. And on the bottom of the hill, there was a private school. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, Wycombe Abbey School.
1: I haven't, but yeah.
0: Um, yeah, it's a really like, well-known like, private school for girls. And like, that's, we had, our school did a collaboration um two days with them. And during that, we I, I really felt like, the differences and opportunities that were available it was generally like I remember one of the girls telling me is like yo we can't do polo unless you bring your own pony or horse (laughs) whatever I'm just like my school doesn't lend me hockey sticks so (laughs) it's kind of one of the opportunities but then again I feel like in a way it it did inspire me because it inspired me to be like I can get better grades than these guys even though they have these opportunities available to them and I feel like that's the same with you right maybe unconsciously inspired you to be where you are now
1: yeah. So, could you mind repeating that question?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. So, would you say that, uh, as we were saying, like the privilege, the privilege, you yeah. probably didn't notice it as black and white as it was. Yeah. But do you reckon unconsciously that might have inspired to be where you are now? Like, so to get from some of the deprived areas of London to get where you are now is like a really good achievement. Yeah, so I mean, you th- would you say? Yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, looking back on it now, I'd say yeah. Um, just because of where some of my sort of classmates went on to after school um and obviously looking around town when i like am on like public transport or walking around i don't see a lot of people who are like me in the sense of went on to higher education um yeah and kind of are working in like the, in the sort of industry sort of job or service sectors um i'd say yeah. yeah from a um educational perspective the grammar schools had some sort of influence uh, as in, in the sense of like this is the sort of direction to go where you want to be yeah
0: yeah no 100% yeah no, no. um I think if you move on to uni um how how was how would you how was your time at uni and did you have an idea of what you wanted to do afterwards or did you kind of freestyle it as you went along
1: yeah it was a bit of a funny one actually because I, I went through clearing at after college basically because I did three years in college right. and then university and then happened to actually find a course that was actually to my sort of um sort of interest, which is information systems of business management. So it had a yeah, good yeah. had a good split between um obviously the IT elements but also the business. So I actually went between two uh, schools, so informatics, which is now I think renamed computer science, and the business school at Westminster. Um, okay a lot of my friends or classmates did a lot of IS focus or an IS only type of course. Um whereas I was a lot more I think attuned to the business side of things, just from the classes I've had um, at college where yeah, I've yeah. had a real interest in business and um, then had a vague idea in terms of where I wanted to go. I mean, a lot of the focus was project management and business analyst type of sort yeah, of roles, yeah. um, but it wasn't really concrete, as in like coming out like that's definitely the area. I think after a few years, you kind of say, okay, that's definitely the sector um, or the, the niche that you can go into based on your degree. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was actually given an opportunity um, around marketing and really the rest is history. Um, yeah.
0: Oh, OK. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, and that's, that's really interesting because I feel like a lot of people were in the same boat as you. It's like either they get to clearing or they, don't, they just don't know what to do in uni and they kind of just do a general degree, which might open doors for them afterwards. But it's important to say that that's still OK. That's yeah. still right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've met a lot of people like just at work, for example. I mean, they've have got degrees varying different backgrounds, some from English uh, writing to... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, well, I wouldn't say engineering per se, but I'd say, yeah, they've got some degrees that aren't really... Like, psychology, for example, is another one where you can go into marketing. Um, so yeah. I would say the degree's like core to the sort of... I would say in the, uh, this might be specific to marketing and sales, for example, or the commercial sort of industry. Um, I'd say a degree... Isn't the forefront of an employer? Um, obviously, it's a nice to have, uh, but in those type of roles, I'd say experience and those people skills are really people important. People
0: skills, people skills are key, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Like, I feel, I feel like the skills you pick up are more important than like necessarily the piece of paper you hold up at the end of it. The skills you learn along the way, um, yeah. stand you in good stead in your actual job, right? Because yeah. fair enough, you can get a two-one, you can get a first, but it's it's the skills you pick up is the it's the like the projects you undertake at uni that will help you the skills you pick up.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think there's um, two, two or three, there's a couple of strands to it.
0: Yeah, no, hundred um, percent. So and a lot of people right now, especially because of COVID and stuff, they've um, they've been they've literally been predicted their grades uh, through a computer, which I think is ridiculous. To be honest, <laughs> um, I read somewhere that I think on average, um, I'm this is the figures on top of my head I might not be right, quite accurate. But on private schools, their grades have gone up by about 4% on average. Okay. And in state schools, it's gone up by 0.3%, which you can tell there's a clear disparity between like privately educated students and state educated students. Yeah. There's, there's a big difference. And a lot of students I'm guessing now won't know what avenues to pursue. And maybe university isn't an option for them anymore. What would your advice be? What would your advice be when it comes to that?
1: I mean, I'd say definitely do your research. I mean, some careers roles don't necessarily require a university degree. Although they can fast track in special in certain specialisms, for example, like obviously an accounting degree would exempt you from certain ACCA sort of accounting modules, um, but you could yeah. in theory start from the beginning through ACCA. I'm not sure what the costs are between, like obviously doing ACCA as a as a first timer as opposed to um, skipping certain modules from a, a degree, say. Um, but there are avenues. I mean, even in the marketing, there's a CIM, the Chartered Institute of Marketing. Um it's another qualification where uh you can pick up some brilliant skills around like value propositions and how to develop um certain business yeah. models and so on for marketing. So um I'd say definitely have a careful look at the industries. I know obviously there's certain specials like engineering, you can't get a fact. You you probably need an engineering sort of degree or even a master's. Um but yeah. There'll be certain sectors or industries that I'd say definitely go and do your research and look at specialism type of qualifications I mean project management has prints too um again degree helps with exemptions of certain modules but you could probably do that without even a degree
0: yeah no 100% yeah that's what I was kind of thinking going along as well it's like you you need to talk to people you need to network and you need to um find out from other people people have been there and done it I guess that's what this point of the podcast is as well so we can provide them this like this information over over a podcast right
1: absolutely yeah gives
0: them uh, more gives them more of a, gives them more of like, an, like a way to get, get this information rather than having to necessarily go out and speak to people themselves as well as that mm-hmm, yeah. um in terms of um coming from like an underprivileged school and then going into a, a professional work environment was, was there any feelings of an imposter syndrome at
1: all uh i think endlessly no but then a little bit. You, might, you I mean, if talking from a like a, a bame sort of perspective, you feel a bit like you don't see people of the same sort of yeah. nature. Um. So you do feel a little bit different in that sense. There were some colleagues that didn't have per se like a, a sort of marketing sort of background or a marketing degree per se. So I mean, it didn't feel like a sort of like an, an imposter sort of syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Um.
0: So it it's more of like. It's more of, it was, you kind of, you knew, you knew going into it that people would be from different backgrounds and you knew that you'd, you'd fit in regardless.
1: Basically, just keep your head down, do what you need to do, grind out. Yeah, yeah, grind focus, out the work. focus on the work, right? Yeah, the quali- I think quality of the work is important. And obviously being able to communicate and I think working with other people in a positive way. I mean, that sounds easier said than done. But it's obviously having a good report with those different networks, yeah. especially senior stakeholders.
0: Yeah, no, 100 um, percent. Just shifting gears for a second, coming back to um, intern, uh, internships. Internships are like a really important uh, thing now, especially for students. It's really competitive now. And yep. most people find it as the easiest way to get onto a graduate role. Um, what What would you, your um, advice be for internships for people that miss out? Because it is really competitive. Um and people find it hard to get onto them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how regulated internships are as much as it was 10 years ago. Um, but I'd say definitely tap into your networks, family, friends, uh, whatever yeah. option I think LinkedIn is another good platform that might be underestimated by a graduate. It's a, it's a great yeah. platform to connect 100%. with them um, because it does show you who you, who you may know works at a certain company or may have a connection to certain people. And I think introductions are really important where they can actually open the door into having those conversations. Um, yeah. Even if the internship wasn't something you had in mind, especially if it's unpaid, it's still worth leveraging because it gives you access to that organisation um, just to get yeah. your foot inside the door um, and really yeah. build build those 100%. networks where you can.
0: Yeah, and 100%. Yeah, that's what you just said there is key, isn't it? It's building those networks because you've got access exactly how you said you've got one foot in the door and from there you can branch out right and even if it's not exactly that field you want to go in it's like those skills that you'll pick up in that work environment those interpersonal communication that we keep coming back to are the key skills that will help in any work environment right
1: exactly i mean it's unfortunate that some employees look at obviously experience although obviously the skills but i mean it's just the way it is it is now but um definitely any any sort of experience that can validate that good yeah
0: no 100% um just like moving on um your job now as in the financial times what is it what's it entail now um what's your role
1: so I am the senior marketing manager on the b2b subscription side so I actually started off as an intern ironically um about 10 or oh, 10 years ago and uh, kind of oh, right. pro- progressed so I think 10 years ago, it was a lot difficult to get a permit contract. So coming out of university, I wasn't too sure where I wanted to go per se. And I was given this internship opportunity, like it wasn't given to me of an expiration date. It was just really, um, if you want to work a couple of days, get some experience. It was unpaid, it was just expenses. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I went a couple of days and then a couple of months later, I asked if I could do a few more days. It wasn't guaranteed sort of job or like a sort of position and I was like, yeah, it's fine. I could still work part time. I have a sort of retail job just to at least give me some sort of st- stable income, at least. Um, and then I think six months after that, I kind of asked if I could work full time, but still on that sort of. Well, how it works was it became like a freelance. Yeah. Um, it actually, gave me some good flexibility. Obviously, you lose out in terms of the benefits side, so you wouldn't get any sort of pension or holiday, paid holiday per se. But anything to give me that experience, I didn't really mind. Um, and I did that for two and a half years. I think that sort of models changed slightly where I, I don't think they can do that as, as long as they could because of, I think, tax and um, national insurance reasons. But um, yeah, yeah. given that opportunity, obviously, I took it. And then I think two and a half years later, I got made permanent um, given a contract. Oh, nice. uh, so that was as a marketing executive. Um, and then 2015, we had a restructuring, which um, I, th- I think has been a great benefit to our team. I work in as a marketing team. which gives us a bit more structure, and I think personal development and progression has, has excelled a lot of the team. So yeah, yeah. Since then, I've had a couple of promotions. I've been um, marketing manager, and now I'm senior marketing manager, uh, covering on a maternity basis. But it's that divert- development opportunities that have been like really key the last five years of our with our teams it's been fantastic.
0: Oh, nice. So it's it's always like looking for more, uh, like finding your way up, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a case of obviously the skills that you learn as you go along. I think initially I did have a hesitancy of, do I really want to take, all, take on all this stress? But I think yeah. having a good sort of a great manager and sort of great team to work within, it kind of gives you that bubble that allows you to express yourself. And yeah, really yeah. No, 100%. A stand.
0: It allows you to flourish, right? It, it like brings your key skills for the out, like to flourish and you can really show them off. Indeed. Um, does it your job? Does it involve travelling at all?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I've been lucky enough to travel to a few countries. Um, and we have, um, some fa- fantastic colleagues from around the world from Manila, Sofia, Belfast, San Francisco. Oh, um, nice. So Quite I where? Right? yeah, yeah, diverse people, yeah. great people. I mean, I I'll, I'll be ten a.m. And have a call with a colleague in Manila, and then <laughs> four p.m. someone in San Francisco. So it it really varies. That's crazy. Varies. Um, yeah, and then yeah. the other thing is, yeah, you know, traveling is another perk. I mean, I've been lucky enough um to travel to like places like Cannes, um and the oh, US. Right. I've been to quite a few second tier cities in the US, which is quite an eye opener. But nonetheless, it is an opportunity.
0: Yeah, not one hundred percent. No, that that seems really cool. You know, like your position, like especially the travel aspect. That's something I'm really interested in. In the field where I want to go into engineering, like I want to travel and I want to work in other places as well. um So just hearing about that is really interesting yeah um i was doing some research beforehand and i was reading about um ft proud ft access ft mental health and one that particularly resonated with me was ft embrace especially in like current times like you said yeah um could you tell me a bit more about that the bame initiative ft embrace
1: absolutely so i am actually part of the ft embrace um chairing committee um so i'm kind yeah. of just sort of part of the team that uh, kind of organize events Also. Uh, Promote uh, our sort of value. So, just to give you a brief overview. Our mission is to basically educate and inform, but also support and advise from an internal perspective. Um, yes. So, we would educate and inform the wider FT network about experiences of BAME colleagues. So, it's just how, for example, I just my experience is that working at the FT, which is predominantly white, if, if we, um, yeah, if we, I mean, the old, the old one of one of our things that um, male and stale type of sort yeah. of white male and stale. So also breaking those sort of barriers, but also trying to Great educate sense. others on different cultures, religious sort of beliefs, and it's just really trying to make it inclusive for everyone. Um, yeah, yeah. We also try to create a safe space for employees that identify as BAME and their friends. So ensuring that they feel supported in the workplace. So we do offer like right. support sessions. Um, I think on the back of the recent George Floyd killings, we held a support session just to, just for colleagues to speak on how they felt um and yeah, any sort of terrible yeah
0: sure. yeah no it, it seems like you do you do a lot this is actually a really good initiative right and it kind of mirrors what like the aim of our the social mobility of our society is as well right
1: yeah yeah i mean it's thanks to our employees as well who've set up these core sort of networks i not know we have other groups as well like um i mentioned, mental health access and f t proud and f t women so uh, we get funding from the f t s board in terms of setting up and it's not like a side project as they may be in yeah. some organizations it's actually part of our sort of job, so this would actually form into our objectives in some way so they we're really encouraged to pursue these and it's not seen as like a like a pet project or something that's like a um, an activist group yeah, yeah, it's more of like it's supporting at the, the business of the company yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I feel like a lot of companies sometimes have, like, they do it because they have to, because they have to mention diversity and inclusion. It doesn't seem that way with financial Times. It seems like it's something that they're bringing to the forefront and they want to push as much as they can.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say we're perfect. I mean, there's definitely areas where we can improve on, especially recruitment. Oh, yeah, always. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think that's been identified by leadership. So we're looking at, um, obviously, we're going to publish a D&I sort of report soon um, on race, but it's also... About how we can obviously attract new talent, but bring in new ideas yeah. and different ideas. I think that's the key.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, like a diverse workforce allows for like diverse ideas, right? You can have more creative ideas, and people uh, to, uh, like look at something from different perspectives. It yes. allows for more creative environment, right? You probably you get more out of a team and more diverse team. I would yeah. say Yeah. Yeah. Um. No, hundred percent. That's like it's a really good initiative. To be fair, um, something we'll really focus on. Um. There's a, t- three questions I'd like to ask that I'm going to try asking every guest when it comes down <laughs> to it. Um, like, uh, well, the first one is, what would your advice be for overcoming obstacles for students, like barriers put in their way? And um, yeah, how, how, what would your advice be for overcoming them?
1: Not sounding cliche, but I think obstacles obviously are part of the journey in any oh, yeah, 100%, form yeah. or factor. Um, I mean, sometimes you can say they're not really a problem, but also there are things like self-doubt is yeah. um an obstacle um i'd say definitely stop stop self-doubting um yourself Oop, yeah. i mean you just need to keep reminding yourself that it's in your hands you're in control and you're yeah. you're the master of your life in that sense um like for example ask questions if you need to um don't yeah, say yeah. quiet um really just be probing proactive
0: yeah yeah 100% it's it, it's the um it's being proactive in how you over? Uh, how you? I mean, it's it's, it's having that positive outlook and that you will overcome them.
1: Yeah, like I mean,
0: manifesting that.
1: There is a saying, obviously, good things come to people who wait, but also it's also the ones who make the effort. Yeah, hundred so, percent. So definitely um, make probe 100%. where you can.
0: Hundred percent. That's a, that's a really good answer. Um, also, uh, key advice to succeed in the workplace. how What would what would your advice be?
1: Yeah, so I'd say definitely set yourself objectives. I mean, this could be life objectives in general. Like, say it's New Year, set some yeah. objectives that you want to achieve this year uh, personally on a development, but also on a careers sort of perspective. We actually have a good system at, uh, at the Foucher Times where we do quarterly reviews. um, And the yeah. idea is that we would set objectives based on the business sort of objectives. So it kind of mirrors well. And then you have, obviously, yeah. goals you want to achieve. So it's really... And looking at it on a quarterly basis. So sometimes you set an objective at the start of the year I and mean, then you review it like nine to four months later and you're completely way off track. So I think a quarterly, yeah, yeah. um, re looking at those and uh, refocusing your or so even adapting if you have to, like if if um, you're going off track and you feel that this isn't going to work, but it's really um, some sort of accountability that you can measure yourself, but also get feedback. Yeah. Um, so even asking other that you're working with for feedback would be great yeah
0: yeah perfect yeah it's, it's definitely it's good to be to stay agile right to adapt to changing environments like I'm I might be making an assumption here but like after the George Floyd um, thing happened what the, what did the company like put more of a focus on that initiative that we were talking about earlier
1: yeah I mean there was a note from our CEO uh, that condemned uh, the killings a bit um, yeah that was during that was obviously the post-event. Obviously, there was a focus around um, of really driving through a task force on how we can yeah. uh, really make change rather than obviously talk about it. So actionable change yeah, you know. is important. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's action of words, right? And lastly, the question I'd like to ask is your mistakes and failures. <laughs> um, it's important that we, oh, we always ask this question is just so students get more of an idea about how you bounce back from them, um, persevering, et cetera. And could you tell me about any... Mistakes? Anything you'd regret?
1: Yeah, I mean, like coming out of I think secondary school, going to college. I think because in our sort of school we didn't have a sixth form, uh, and there was a big jump. I think from educational perspective, from uh, secondary school to college. So I actually struggled yeah. with my first year in college. Um, i was under pressure really to get into university, so it was like as fast as you can, obviously crack through. And I, at that time, I was restricted to what subjects I can choose based on the GCSEs. And in hindsight, it was really shoehorning those subjects in that really didn't fit my sort of skill sets um yeah yeah and in hindsight i should probably take a step back and assess all of my options rather than obviously forcing myself to do something that didn't quite obviously fit yeah. my sort of uh skills
0: okay yeah fair enough it's i feel that's really important i, I i've seen it a lot where because the turnaround's so quick from GCSEs to a levels to uni it's, it's literally a blur yep. and for some reason gap years have like negative connotations on them but realistically like having that year out or even having a summer just to reassess your options taking time out not not revising because your exams are done and just having that summer just to assess where you want to go is actually yeah. really important just that definitely. self-reflection period that you need to have
1: yeah i mean it's not a race it's definitely it's
0: definitely not a race it's definitely yeah. not a race yeah like even if you if your mates are in the year above you literally doesn't matter it, the one year it makes the slightest bit of difference mm-hmm. if any to be honest it's always like the best lessons are always the hardest to learn, right?
1: And so, yeah. I mean, it's not always easy because I'll see different um, people will have different family sort of situations. Oh, um, 100%. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not that it's not, it's definitely not that black and white. Yeah. Yeah. It's hundred you, percent. You've got to like, yeah, you've got to take the context into account as well. Um, But yeah. Uh, thank you for coming on
1: today, Jay. Oh, it's brilliant to be on now. Yeah
0: yeah i've really learned a lot and i'm sure listeners have too like i'm especially inspired by the um ft embrace initiative i think that's really important and its purpose like as i said mirrors our societies um of diversity and inclusion as well and i think your story is really inspiring i feel like a lot of people will learn a lot from it as well great so thank you for coming on today thank you for your time really appreciate it
1: cheers